Hey brothers, hey guys, I was thinking about um, something, uh, I've been going through the book of James lately, and what strikes me is that there's not one place in the book of James that he mentions the cross, but everything that he says has a strain of, of how to live out the cross, and uh, I'm just intrigued by how... He's, he, he just masterfully put together the letter that he wrote. And chapter 2 specifically uh, was hitting me pretty hard this morning. Um, how he, his first verse in the chapter, chapter 2, Brothers, don't hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism or receiving a face or partiality. And uh, how he goes on to describe the poor man and rich man scene and rich man sit in the stool, uh, um, uh, poor man sit at the feet and aren't you making evil distinctions? And then he goes on to say, for you can keep the whole law and break one point and be a breaker of the whole law and uh, mentions that maybe you're not committing adultery, but you're committing murder. And he, and he directly is pointing to the sin of partiality, the sin of favoritism, and how it's against the cross, and it's against what Messiah, our glorious Lord Jesus Messiah, has um, would have us have in our faith in him. And how he ends the section before, which is probably not actually a split section, the whole chapter seems to run on, even the whole letter runs on into a one uh main thought, but he says, uh, mercy triumphs over judgment, and mercy will be, sorry, I had a phone call come in right when I was finishing up the box, but what I was going to say was, um, mercy triumphs over or boasts against uh, judgment, and obviously Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount called us to be merciful and perfect as our Father is perfect and merciful and it seems to be the, the litmus test of our sanctification going in the right direction that we're giving mercy to others, obviously, via the cross, um, beholding and understanding and coming to perceive more and more uh, just what happened and just the pattern that Jesus would have us walk in because of his, his death on the cross. So anyway, uh, the book of James, uh, especially chapter 2, has really been uh, been striking my heart with regards to how to live this life out and uh, um, mercy, you know, understanding that we're all under disobedience to be shown mercy and how um, the only right response to us recognizing our depravity and, and lining back up with the design that God intended for us to live by, by the Spirit, is to extend mercy. And... Uh, a good measure, you know, poured into our lap, you know, uh, not about increasing their finances, but about giving mercy to those that don't deserve for what profit is there to give to one that would give back to you. Don't tax collectors and sinners do that, etc. Anyway, thoughts on, on what it means to be a vessel of mercy to all we come in contact with. Good morning from Pennsylvania. I've been mulling over what Jeremy said about being a, a vessel of mercy and I just have really I love that picture uh, uh, especially in contrast to being an object of, of wrath 
and have been thinking about it. And some of my thoughts are on being a vessel of his mercy are the way we treat others in the in a practical sense. You know, I, I just thought of the verse initially in First Corinthians 4 about having so many teachers and not many fathers and just the, the need to have that long-suffering and tenderness and the gentleness alongside, you know, good sound instruction, uh, just the patience. I know for me it's kind of been a, a journey of getting some things straightened out theologically and then um, trying to recapitulate them, you know, to other people in a way that isn't abrasive and I'm sure I'm not the only one who's experienced that but just having that uh steadfast you know just that love and and patience and and um yeah just not being quarrelsome and I think that on on another level I think that that's why sound instruction and, and solid theology really isn't just a matter of having good doctrine and having orthodoxy for the sake of orthodoxy but but one that really drives you to repentance and faith in, in the cross and you know, and seeing that your own depravity and, and seeing his the riches of his forbearance and his kindness that just presses you to that you know that, that that's what you know you're you're seeing in the scripture and that's what you're sharing with people and, and living and, you know, eating and sleeping and breathing, you know, because I feel like in, in my experience and a lot, you know, a lot of times what's skipped over or overlooked is, you know, the, the depravity and, and how God is, what God is doing with our, you know, in, in this process of preparing us and refining us, you know, counting us worthy for the, the age to come. And rather than just like oh, writing it off, you know, like completely just signed, sealed, and delivered. And uh, I mean, a friend of mine was saying he was at, he was asking a few of us. He's, he's like, "Are you saved?" And you know, everybody's like, oh, "Of course, like we're saved." He's like, "Well, what are you saved from?" You know, kind of just pointing out the fact that salvation is ultimately, you know, future. I mean. it's totally so salvation you know is not here so to speak you know i mean there's the down payment of it but um it's yet to be revealed and that was his point and just saying that you know he was at, so he's kind of just asking like what do you what are you saved from and somebody was like well our sinful nature he's like are you he was like that's, man like that's pretty incredible like and because even the Apostle Paul was you know, buffeting his flesh till the end. And so anyway, I think the point of all that is just that seeing the riches, you know, of God's mercy towards us as, you know, needing to, to cling to that and hold to that, like, with everything in in this age, you know, till the end. Like, I just think of that uh, Hebrews 3, it's like, you know, holding fast to the confidence and rejoicing in the hope firm until the end. And, you know... Rather than no, I, I'm I'm good actually. You know, I'm saved already. And anyway, I think that that kind of can muddy the understanding of his his mercy and 
and then which in turn affects the way we relate to other people rather you know and and, and treat others in in, the, in that same way you know there were we're one who is an, a vessel of mercy and we've got that testimony in our lives and to share with others or you know you're they just need to they need to just rally up their their faith and their you know just kind of pull themselves up by the bootstraps and get with the program rather than kind of having that same as like yeah I know what's I know what I have going on inside of me and and so I can deal patiently with the other others yeah so those are some of my thoughts hey Jake I uh, just want to I appreciate what you were just saying there that's that's really good and um, yeah, I, I was kind of challenged by a similar question one time. By um, it was actually not by a believer. Uh, it was by a Jewish man who is actually not very messianic at all, at all uh, much less a believer in Jesus. So, um, yeah, but he was basically asking the same thing. What are you saved from? I mean, it just it, salvation isn't biblical. Salvation isn't just some sort of random, you know, idea. It's just it, you're you're actually saved from something. And, and so I think a lot of people do kind of answer that question, and I, I know I did. Well, save from my sins, save from death, but then it's like, well, no, I'm still going to die, and I still sin all the time. And so what am I safe from? And really got me kind of thinking about just, just trying to reconcile what it is that salvation is about, and that's uh, where you know, I kind of started landing on the same thing. It's like, well, salvation is really at the day of the Lord. It's salvation from God's wrath, salvation from death eternally. It's salvation, you know, from our sin at that point and where we, we deal with a lot of, we have a lot of, uh, uh, you know, kind of preliminary stuff now. Uh, I think John Harrigan kind of talks about it as being a bit of a, like, not sort of like a down payment, but more like an allowance uh, in anticipation of the actual inheritance, which has not yet come. So, but I feel like for me as well, like what you're talking about, it, it actually, it actually, anytime we, you know, we were talking about kingdom now versus kingdom then earlier, and anytime we see, see any of that as being something we possess right now, is uh, it, it, it mitigates against our perseverance. It mitigates against our pressing forward to the goal and to the prize because we, in some respect, feel like we already have the prize. Well, you know, I might not get as big a reward when I get there, but I'm saved, and so I'll be, you know, I'll be in the kingdom, and, you know, no big deal. And, you know, it's like, well, it's really not about rewards anyway. I mean, the reward really kind of is the salvation, and so when we start saying that, but it, at the and so because of that, for me anyway, I feel like it really has mitigated a lot in my own in my own life the the, the judgmentalism that I've had, um, the the feeling like I had some sort of truth that people needed to have, and if they don't take it, then you know you know just you know kind of I have this judgment against them, and and from now now it's like wow you know I. I, I've been there. I've been a part of it. I've had the same viewpoint. I don't. I can't judge them for it. I understand where it comes from, and I would like them to see it different. But I, I can. I have. It's. It's a lot easier for me to have mercy on people and have mercy on those who I talk to now, rather than just saying, "Well, why can't you see this? Why can't you see this? This is so, you know, whatever." And um, because I, I recognize that my salvation is not here. I haven't attained anything. I haven't come to any great 
conclusions or or done anything you know in myself it's still all god it's it's every everything you know goes right back to him and his uh and his graciousness to us and i recognize and and the recognition that you know i still need that help i still need that grace and I feel like it helps me, get, helps me, strengthens me to be able to pass that grace along, and not just feel like I've got something and everybody else needs to get what I've got, kind of thing. So, anyway, yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted to really say, you know, I appreciate that. What you were saying, what Jeremy was saying the other day too, you know, along the along those lines about being a vessel of mercy because we are having, we are being given mercy as well. So, love it, guys. Thanks a bunch for the encouragement.